This podcast is sponsored by Mental Health Declassified. MHD is a nonprofit organization that aims to create safe spaces within communities to break the stigma surrounding mental health and wellness. With the intent to recognize and highlight the connection between real life experiences and mental health through storytelling, they are advocating to bridge the gap between communities and accessible resources. Check out the link in my episode notes to learn more about Mental Health Declassified. Hey, welcome to The Revolutionized Mind, a platform about all things mental health. I'm your host, Angelica Galuzzo, and on this show, we use real stories and eye-opening conversations to make you feel less alone and a little more optimistic about what's ahead of you. Come on a journey with me. Bring your most authentic self and let's revolutionize the mind. Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is The Revolutionized Mind. Happy Friday, everybody. I hope you've had an amazing week and are staying warm with all this extra snow that we've gotten I just had to go outside and shovel my driveway and the snow like went above my boots and into my ankles. So I am currently not very happy, but I do love snow. I'm not someone who's like super against it. I just hate everything that comes with it. Brushing off your car, shoveling your driveway, the road conditions, all those negative things. But that's all the complaining I'm going to do for today. If you're not aware, February is Eating Disorder Awareness Month, and I can't believe we're already at the end of February, but I wanted to do an episode really raising awareness about eating disorders, highlighting some stories of people who have been directly affected, and also introducing you to a teen-led organization called The Recovered Project, which we have on as a guest today. There's so much information out there about what eating disorders are, what causes them, the prevalence rates, and even with all this information, I still think that there's such a lack of understanding, awareness, and acceptance of eating disorders and disordered eating. So just as a quick little FYI, I was doing a bit of research on NEDA, the National Eating Disorder Association, and I don't really want to share any statistics today just because it's different based on where you're tuning in from, but... Just really wanted to highlight the fact that eating disorders can affect anybody, regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, all the other social demographics. And there are so many different types of eating disorders. There's anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, binge eating disorder, other specified feeding or eating disorders, and other thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that come along with this. And Body image and social media is such a big part of this conversation as well, which is something that I'm obviously super passionate about. And although eating disorders are a mental illness, there is such a big physical component to them because, as we all know, food is essential for our survival, for our overall well-being. And if we're not giving ourselves the proper nutrients and overall food consumption, then we could be putting our bodies at extreme risk. And this obviously looks different for everybody based on what your journey is, and recovery is going to look different for everybody as well. So today we have three members from the Recovered Project coming on to share a bit about their stories with eating disorders, why they got involved with the Recovered Project, and what they really hope to achieve with this organization. 
So, of course, trigger warning for this episode, we do discuss eating disorders and some specifics that come with some of these individuals' journeys. So if you're not in the right headspace to take in this information at this time, feel free to save this episode and come back to it later. But know that The Recovered Project is a great resource if you're struggling to connect with other people who might be going through a similar struggle. And I also have some other resources linked in the episode notes in case you need some extra support. Thank you so, so much for listening to another episode of The Revolutionized Mind, and I hope you enjoy. So today I'm here with Sam and Emma from The Recovered Project, which is a new organization that we're going to learn a little bit more about today. So before we get into it, do you guys both just want to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit more about who you are? Yeah, sure. Um, First of all, thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Uh, So I'm Sam. I am 20 years old. And at the moment, I'm attending the University of Guelph doing a double major in English and psychology. Not really sure what I want to do after, but I know I like really like reading and writing. So kind of just going to see where that takes me. Um, I really enjoy sports too. I've been doing them for almost as long as I can remember a lot of like hockey, baseball, that kind of stuff. And I am the vice president of the recovered project. Hi, I'm Emma Warford. I'm 17 and I live in Denver, Colorado. I'm still in high school, but I'm aspiring to become a lawyer eventually. So I actually work at a law firm right now and I'm really interested in social justice and all those kinds of issues. Um, In my free time, I like hiking and spending time with my dog, like a lot of people. But besides that, I'm like everyone else. Besides that, I have an eating disorder. But yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm super happy to have you on. Can you start off by explaining what the Recovered Project even is, for those who do not know, and what your goals are for this organization? Yeah. Um, I can explain what it is, Emma, if you want to explain the goals, but we are mostly a teen-led organization. We kind of come from a few different parts of the world. I'm in Canada. There's a lot of people in the U.S. And, well, we're an organization, and by the end of the year, we're hoping to officially become a nonprofit. Um, Emma, I don't know if you want to explain the goals. Yeah. Um... So one of the main things we focus on is just creating outreach in a community for those with eating disorders. So part of that is creating support for those with eating disorders, and then also creating awareness for those that don't have eating disorders so they understand what people are going through. And honestly, just creating a more positive place on social media is one of our main focuses at the moment. Yeah, that's definitely a big one for a lot of people. I think social media is where a lot of those issues start. So just, I think, bringing awareness to that and creating a more positive page yourself can really go a long way. Yeah, I'd really hope that there's someone out there who could kind of receive the positivity that we're putting out there. And like, if we can really just help one person, like, that's our goal, really. Oh, wait, Francesca's in. Let's include her. Oh, yay. Hi, Francesca. Hi, I'm sorry. (laughs) 
It's okay. We just started recording. Sam and Emma both just introduced themselves. So would you like to introduce yourself? Sorry, I'm just throwing you into it. <laughs> no, yeah, of course. Um, hi, um, I'm Francesca and I'm going into my senior year of high school. And yeah, I'm from California. Amazing. Um, so we just briefly started discussing what the Recovered Project is. Um, so then next, I just wanted to, I guess, go around with whoever's comfortable sharing um, to briefly, I guess, talk about your personal experience with disordered eating or just why you're passionate about helping those in recovery and why you're a part of this team. So not sure who wants to start, but you guys can each go. Um, I can start if you guys don't mind. Um, so I struggled with anorexia throughout some of my teenage years, kind of on and off for a little bit there. And while I was struggling, even like afterwards, I never really talked about it with anyone beside my parents, because I think I just had this idea around it that it just wasn't something you talked about, or it was just kind of this like, almost like, no, no topic to me for some reason. And kind of as time went on, I learned that the more I talked about it, kind of the easier it got to recover. And my friends and family became like a huge part of my recovery process. And so one of the reasons that I'm really passionate about this organization and helping others is because I know that younger me probably would have loved to see something like this and probably had someone there that was kind of like, it's okay to talk about it. And it's not this big, bad word or subject that you can't discuss with anyone. and. Yeah, I think that people out there struggling at the moment, just like if that message can reach one person, then I feel like I've done something kind of with my experience and I've gotten some good out of it. I can go next. So my eating disorder started in March of 2020, like a lot of people's did with being in quarantine and not having anything to do. And it was fine for a while until school started up. And I began using my eating disorder as a coping mechanism from the stress of being an all AP student and a varsity athlete and being very involved in my community and working a job. And slowly it progressed and I ended up having to go to inpatient with Children's Hospital Colorado. And I went through all of my treatment and I got discharged. Um, but now I'm actually a patient ambassador for Children's Hospital Colorado which is quite the turn. And I work with them. And I am actually, I went to the US Congress um, about a month ago with them to pass some policies on mental health, because there's a mental health crisis right now. And I really think we need to make a big change. I think all of you can agree on that. And I also have my own online recovery blog. And honestly, I'm just really working to like, change the face of eating disorders and that's part of the reason of why I'm a part of this group and through my um recovery Instagram that's actually how I met our founder Cami so that's just a little bit of my story um for me I started struggling with eating um during quarantine as well um and it wasn't anything I was ever um treated for or anything but I struggled a lot with it and I started eating with people, like um, some of my friends and stuff, 
um, which helped me a lot. And I also saw Cammy, which is the founder of this group, go through her whole story of it. And because we also live close together, um, so I saw her go through all of it. So we were close throughout the whole thing, um, which is how she introduced me to the rest of the group. And um, beyond that, though, I wanted to take a part in this group because I wanted to um, just like connect with people differently that like, although not everybody with eating disorder or disordered eating is diagnosed. And since a lot of people don't really know that they even might have it, um, for those people, I just wanted to like reach out to them and just be the connector that's like, oh, it's not like you're alone or anything. So that's why I wanted to join this group. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, everyone, for sharing. I know it's not an easy thing to acknowledge or talk about. And as unfortunate as it is, you guys are all obviously using your experiences to try to help others and to create this community that can now help people who used to be in your shoes, which just shows who you are as a person. So kudos to all of you. Um, and going along with that, I know one of the things you guys like to do is just kind of raise awareness around what eating disorders actually are. So what are some common stigmas or myths that usually impact one's ability to recover from an eating disorder or just disordered eating? I can go first on this one. So two that I can think of that are pretty important in like impacting someone's recovery is like perfectionism. That would be the first one, just because if you look at people with eating disorders, I'm not saying all people with eating disorders are the same, but in general, a lot of them are high achieving people and are perfectionists. And that can definitely impact someone's recovery a lot. Just the environment you're in. I mean, for me, academic validation was a large thing and it can be really hard to recover from an eating disorder when you have a society that's telling one thing and you're pretty much having to put all those aside to get better. And then another stigma, I think that's a big part of someone's recovery is the idea of sick enough. Um, just because with the image of eating disorders, you know, they're typically stereotyped as the very thin image of an eating disorder. And the reality is a lot of people with eating disorders aren't going to look that way because one in 10 people have eating disorders and you don't have to look that way in order to get better. But sadly, like the only way to get help is if you look the way an eating disorder supposedly looks. So I think that's what holds a lot of people back and almost pushes them into their eating disorders more. Yeah, that's definitely a big thing. And there's a lot of validation around being hospitalized. And a lot of people find that their eating disorder can't be valid until they've been hospitalized for it and categorized as underweight or under their BMI. And it's a very like tough thing for a lot of people because, as Emma said, a lot of people will never fit that stereotypical look of someone suffering from an eating disorder yeah I definitely like, agree too and I feel like you have to go into like extremes or um, look different than how you did before in order for people to start paying attention to it and for you to get the help that you need and I also feel like that being said so many people with eating disorders um, it's not very apparent so a lot of people don't know what somebody could be going through and it's like not intentional most of the time but it's like little comments that people would say maybe about your body whether it's like oh 
you look better or like oh like what happened to this or like anything that they might mention about your body I feel like person who says it they're gonna forget about it three seconds later but you on the receiving end of it it's like that's gonna kind of stick with you and with whatever struggles you were having and whatever progress you were making it definitely interferes because like they just don't know about like what's happening to you and I think it's also um for oneself to accept that our bodies are growing because especially at, as a teenager and when you go through um, like your body developing and everything, your weight changes, your body shape changes, everything changes. And I think that's where I struggle the most because like I started um, noticing that my body was changing as I was growing up into a more woman-like figure. And I, I think I got a little more scared. And I think it's like, that's like one big thing too, like you have to accept it to yourself that like, oh, I'm always going to be changing. And especially because like um, we're teenagers, um, we're going to grow into a different type of body. And I think we just have to acknowledge that and be okay with that. Yeah, I think those are all awesome. And most of it sounds like internal dialogue, whether you're accepting it yourself in order to actually accept it or whether you're accepting it in order to get validation. So what Sam and Emma were saying about like kind of convincing yourself that you are sick enough to get the help, like that is a lot of internal stuff that happens before you can even make that step to go get the help or to open up to somebody and that takes a lot out of you and then similarly what Francesca was saying it's like kind of talking to yourself in a way that is nice and compassionate and understanding that your body's changing so mindset is just a common theme and I think a lot of what we do but when you have these other mental illnesses involved like an eating disorder it can really make it tricky to actually like be in control of those thoughts and feelings Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people tend to forget that it's a mental illness and it's not physical. You can't always see it and that the battle is in your brain. And like you said, the mentality of it, like it's all up in that person's head. It's all kind of what's going on up there that you're struggling with rather than like what other people can see. And I think that is something that a lot of people definitely either don't realize or they forget yeah and with that it's like it's about the food and it's not about the food like not every single person with an eating disorder does it to get skinnier or because they have bad body image you know so many people use it for coping and or it's induced by trauma or some other life or environmental factor and people don't really realize that they just think one thing about eating disorders when that's really, really false. Yeah, I think that's a really important point because a lot of people think automatically it's like to lose weight, but there are so many other factors that can impact what you're doing and why you're doing it. Sorry, Francesca, go ahead. Um, No, I was just going to add on. Um, I think it's also because it's so mental. It's also how our society did portray like a perfect body. Um, especially on social media, like I don't think you mentioned it, but I think for me especially and um, many girls that I've talked to or even guys, um, how bodies are portrayed on social media is like a big thing because it's what we view every day. And like, even if you don't intend it through your mind, you subconsciously like think about that one perfect body that you looked at earlier. Or I feel like they just like alter the way you also view yourself. You're like, oh, why can't I look like that a little more? Or like, oh, maybe if I do this or eat this or eat less, I might look like this. Um, I feel like a lot of times social media alters that. And at least in my personal experience, I used to love sports and exercising just because I had fun. 
but because of all the things that I did see, um, it more became like, I kind of, I think I was exercising for a toxic reason. Like, oh, if I exercise on this day, like it's going to help with this. Like, I just like kept thinking about um the future and like my forward steps of like, oh, the results after I do something physical. So I feel like that just played a big part in like how we view our bodies. Yeah, I was definitely going to say that all kind of goes down to like how we view people in general and just the fact that people view people as their bodies and honestly nothing more unless you really know the person. Like the first thing I've seen out of people through my eating disorder is their body. I don't judge them by their smile or how they treat others. I almost characterize people by the way I perceive them, which is hard because I have perceptual biases, you know, and a large part of that is fueled by society. And, you know, like your weight isn't your worth, but it's really hard to believe that when the world is telling you differently. Yeah, a lot of people struggle with that idea that we are our bodies and our bodies are everything because our whole lives we've grown up to think and also be told that it's what gets you opportunities. It's how people judge you. It's yeah. And social media as well. Like there's so many different things that you can do to yourself, whether it's editing, whether it's filtering, whether it's just distorting your body in some way. And that has such a negative effect on everybody consuming that information as well as yourself. So social media, as much as it can be a really, really good place and something like on your platform and my platform, like trying to spread positivity and good things. There are also a lot of pages out there that can have a really harmful effect on everybody's mental and emotional well-being. So we definitely have to be careful with that. Um, And going along with that, one of your slogans is finding freedom, um, which I think can go a few different ways. But I just wanted to hear from you guys about like what this actually means and why it's important. Yeah, it can definitely be kind of taken a couple ways which I think is partially our goal of it, is people can kind of take it their own way if they really wanted to. But I think part of it means like just that finding freedom from your eating disorder. We kind of have it worded that the ED in the freedom is capitalized and it kind of stands out. And so we kind of put it out there as finding that freedom away from that mental illness and kind of finding, finding enjoyment in life and that freedom away from what your eating disorder takes away from you and kind of what it doesn't allow you to enjoy. And also the road to recovery can be so hard, especially if you're doing it on your own. I know in my beginning stages of recovery is probably the darkest hours because you have no idea what recovery even is. You don't know what it looks like. You don't think it's possible. You don't know what steps to take. So that's kind of why we made it our slogan as well, because we really just want to help those that don't know how to find freedom, find that path to get better. And also with this, that freedom we're talking about, yes, it's like freedom from your eating disorder. And it's also freedom in food and, you know, body neutrality and freedom from toxic relationships with exercise, or even just disordered eating or diet culture in general, you know, it's just freedom to live the life you want to live. Yeah, I think it's a really unique way of putting it. I love how the ED is capitalized in both freedom and recovered. I think it just shows more of what your mission is. 
Um, but yeah, the finding freedom can kind of go in many different ways. And when we were talking about the social media, that's kind of how I pictured it is just like also freedom on your social media feed. Like you can curate your following to be something that is positive for you. You don't have to be following people that make you feel shitty about yourself or make you look at your body differently. Like you can be following people who are body positive, body neutral, whatever thing or whatever stage you're at and what's going to help you best. And I think it's just a really great way to look at it in terms of freedom rather than like, I guess, healing from your eating disorder recovery, because being like free kind of feels a little bit more open um, and willing, especially when it comes to food and stuff, because there's so many different things that can restrict you from being free. And going off of that, just like even in the recovered community right now, you see accounts that are promoting ideas of recovery that aren't necessarily what recovery should look like or are quasi in a way, you know? So I think our purpose is to help promote like a true recovery, you know? And yes, recovery is subjective, but there's definitely symptoms of what recovery really is. And I like the word freedom because I think it is very positive and that is what we're striving for. But I also feel like just being free um, has kind of a side of being afraid um, because if you're free, then you are apart from everything that is holding you back and everything that is preventing you from uh, whatever you want to achieve, especially in um, just eating freely in this um, topic. So I feel like just the thought of that can be really scary if you're used to always thinking a certain way or viewing your body a certain way or whatever relationship you have with food. Um, so I feel like through our account, like we want to try to promote that being free is okay and you're not alone. So you don't have to be afraid by yourself. Yeah, I think that was like a perfect way to put it. Just what we're trying to promote is that like that happiness almost and that openness. I want to say that freedom of being free, um, as weird as it sounds, but that's kind of what we're just aiming to promote is that yeah, it's scary, but it's also happy. And it's kind of this human way of living that just kind of like, you don't get when you're stuck in your eating disorder, or you don't get to enjoy that fullness of living that the freedom kind of allows you. Yeah. And so I guess like talking about all this positivity and hope now is not something that you would have been able to really see or tell yourself back when you were in the midst of each of your own experiences. So if you could each go back and give yourself one message to your former self who was struggling, what would it be? I think my message to my former self would be like, just talk to someone about it. It's not as scary as you think it is. And even if you are scared, you know, things will actually be okay in the end and they're actually going to work out and you're going to find that happiness that you had again, and you're going to find that joy and that comfort in things that aren't an eating disorder. I would give my old self, well, still myself, but me in the past, um, advice to kind of learn the facts of recovery, like why it needs to happen. And the fact that, you know, recovery is inevitable in the end, either you can choose it, your doctors can choose it, or your body can choose it. And um, just kind of learning the science behind it and what recovery looks like 
because I feel like that would have motivated me a lot earlier on and gave me some clarity on what to do. Um, I think for me, I would want to tell myself that I would have wanted to admit that I just like I was struggling because I think I did ignore and hide it for a really long time, especially from um, my family and my friends, like people closer to me, because I was just scared. So I wish I could just tell myself, it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay, because like, you're not alone. There is another person in this world that is going through something as similar as you are. So you don't have to be that scared. I love that. And it's interesting how the three of you and the rest of your team are all like obviously within the similar realm of eating disorders, but you all have slightly different experiences. And you can kind of hear that in your messages, like whether you're telling yourself that it's okay to open up or to find that freedom, like you can just take it slightly different ways. And I think that's helpful to put on this platform now to anybody else who might be in the same boat and needs to hear that particular message. So wrapping up, how can we support your organization and learn more about upcoming initiatives? Um, Well, we are on social media. Our biggest focus at the moment, we do have an Instagram and we're um, at the recover.ed.project. So we're mostly on there. A lot of the time on there, we announce like things that we're doing. We do a lot of live meal support groups where We'll go live on Instagram and we'll sit down with our viewers and just talk while everyone gets a chance to eat a meal or a snack. And we just kind of help out with whatever we can at that time. And it's kind of one of our bigger interactions with our followers. And we do, we have started doing like Instagram takeovers with other accounts, giving our followers kind of like a more broad aspect and just kind of a chance to ask other people some questions as well i mean in the end this project isn't for personal gain or you know organizational gain it's really to help the people and teens like ourselves that are going through similar situations so i think if you want to support our organization i would say you'd be supporting our mission by suggesting it to like friends or family that you know struggling with an eating disorder I feel like that'd be the most proactive way. Well, yeah, that sounds awesome. And it's definitely a great group to suggest to anybody that is either in the midst of an eating disorder or going through their recovery, just to know that you're not alone and you have other people working towards educating people on what eating disorders are and building that supportive community. So I'll definitely be putting your Instagram handle in the notes of this episode. And just thank you for everything you're doing, both for yourselves as you heal. I think you're becoming more inspiring on this organization to help others. So definitely keep everything up that you're doing. And I look forward to just seeing you continue to grow and help more people. Yeah, thank you so much. It was really awesome. It's always so inspiring when you see youth and teens lead organizations like this one, because as cheesy as it sounds, they are the future. And The fact that people are talking about mental health and mental illness at such a young age and creating nonprofits to try to support others is just really, really hopeful, makes me optimistic about the future, and that doesn't take away from the severity and the distress that some of these illnesses, specifically eating disorders in this case, cause. But it's nice to know that people are trying to build that community of support and raise awareness about the things that are directly impacting them and their loved ones. And just to have as a resource for people who feel alone going through their struggle. 
So thank you so much, Sam, Emma, Francesca, and the whole Recovered Project team um, for everything that you're doing to raise awareness about eating disorders and provide that safe space for those who are going through something similar to your stories. Please be sure to check out the Recovered Project on Instagram. If you're not directly affected by an eating disorder or disordered eating, then feel free to send this page to someone in your life who you think might benefit from it. As well, there are resources in the episode notes. If anything today made you uncomfortable or you just want to learn more, please be sure to check that out. And I always feel weird about like awareness months and things like that because this is learning that we should be doing all the time. Um, But since February is Eating Disorder Awareness Month, I highly encourage you to go read a blog post on Netta or follow a page on Instagram that talks about it. Just really do your part to educate yourself that way. If you do find yourself supporting someone who is struggling or you start struggling yourself, you'll have a better idea of the next steps that you can take. So that is all for today. Thank you so, so much for listening to another episode of TRM. If you enjoyed this episode and think that someone else might benefit from listening to this conversation, please don't forget to send it to them, leave a rating, leave a review, and just send me a message. I love, love, love getting feedback and it really helps me choose a direction for the show. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and I'll be back with another episode next Friday.